Welcome to the Wealth Matters Podcast, where investors come together to better understand how to build passive cash flow and create generational wealth without all the confusing mumbo jumbo. Here's your host and co-author of Amazon number one bestseller, Alpesh Pamar. Welcome to Wealth Matters Podcast. We are going to talk to Mr. Joe Robert today. Joe is his first name. Robert is his last name, by the way. <laughs> I just needed to make that joke. But <laughs> he's the CEO at Robert Ventures with 20 years of asset management experience. Joe has invested in over 200 residential and commercial properties and over 165 million in residential mortgages. He created double digit predictable returns for his investors and Joe resided in Puerto Rico for business tax advantages from 2014 to 2019. And we'll, we'll talk about that as well. But the episode I wanna talk about is the focus on blockchain, how he moved from real estate into crypto. Um, yeah, since mid of 2017 and, and what has he done and how he underwrites the crypto projects, etc. So I'm looking forward to this episode. Welcome, Joe. Alpesh, thank you very much for having me in that great intro. I appreciate that. And yes, I always like to say Robert with no S. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is great. So tell us something funny or interesting about yourself. Yeah, uh, I would say you know, maybe from an interesting standpoint is probably, you know, throughout my life, you know, starting when I was young, I would say I always have kind of been a little bit more of that contrarian uh, person that did something different than everybody else. Um, you know, from when I was young, I, you know, took that independent path and did things differently than even my siblings, right? Uh, you know, when I went to high through high school, I chose to get out of school by kind of going to a technical school for contracting, got me out half of the day. I was one of the ones that didn't want to be in school. And then, you know, looking back at that time period, this was probably, I guess, what, late nineties, <laughs> yeah. you know, we, uh, there definitely was really not this thing of entrepreneurship, right? So it was only me and a handful of my buddies and, you know, a couple of guys I still know today that chose the self-employed path at that time, oh, wow. time right? Okay. <laughs> it was called self-employed on the profile. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm I, self-employed, so I know. Yeah. <laughs> so I chose that path and, you know, it was different than everybody else. And, uh, you know, I went with the contracting and started buying real estate. So at that time, I bought my first piece of real estate at 19. And again, that was different. Nobody at that time I knew bought a piece of real estate at that age. And, uh, you know, throughout the years, as the, uh, you know, as cycles have changed, you know, I got excited about, you know, I was investing in real estate for a while. And then as more people come back in like the last five, six years, I kind of start selling my assets and I kind of drift over to the tech side where now people kind of like the contrarian where people are like, oh, that's, you know, not worth investing in. People are talking crap. And then all of a sudden last year, I noticed on the Facebook feed, some people are in real estate are all jumping on the ship at the top. Yes, of course. Of <laughs> right? course. So from an interesting standpoint, I would just say, you know, really just taking the contrarian side of life a little bit, you know, the opposite side of the bet a lot of different times. So I'm pretty sure you like Peter Schiff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, uh, I do know, uh, I'll put it this way. His, he's smart at marketing, if yes. you understand what's he, yes. what he is doing. So he's bringing a lot of inflows in of customers 
of the ones that actually do agree with him. And then he gets a lot of publicity about talking yes. about Bitcoin. Yeah. So yeah. he's doing good for his business. If anyone yes. doesn't understand yeah. what his motive is. Yeah. yeah, for him, recession is coming for 10 years, right? And I have met him so many times, but, and, 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 and I, as someone has told me that a bro broken clock is at least twice a day, right? So uh, at least it's right twice a day. So most probably recession is now coming. <laughs> 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 So, so let me ask you about this because it's pretty interesting. 19, you bought the real estate. What was it? And, and uh, what kind of real estate was it? And what was the catalyst behind buying of real estate? Yeah, good, uh, good question, right? So um, a few things line up here. This was a single family property. I wanted to move out of my house. I had a contracting business. So I had uh, you know, a truck, tools, trailer, and everything at that time. So I need also a place to store that stuff. Right. Okay. Right. So, you know, I locate a piece of property. And at that time I did it, you know, get assistance from my mom to help with that initial down payment. And, you know, from there, I basically resided in the property. It had a main dwelling unit with another apartment out back. Oh, I, nice. At that time. That's so I fixed up the apartment. I moved into the apartment. <laughs> and then, and then after I, when I was in the apartment, then I could fully rehab the house because both everything needed rehab, right? right? Okay. So I moved into the apartment, then moved into the house, and basically I rehab that project over a two-year period while I was still doing contracting work, and then therefore I was able to take advantage of the two-year tax ah. benefits of living there for over two years, and so I sold it at that point. Oh, that's awesome. So. Of course, you did a lot of real estate. So how and why did you get started with cryptocurrency? <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes as uh, human beings, we do things for so long and then we, we, we uh, like uh, you know, to go and explore what other options right. are out there, right? Or we get turned on by other things. So I In think, 20... um, yeah, someone always messes with me say, telling me that I have shiny object syndrome. <laughs> Whatever I see, I want to go after it, at least figure out why everyone is going there. Part, that's part <laughs> of just humans in general, right? I think we all have some aspect to that. It's a matter of yes. controlling it, right? Yep. And so we, me and my business partner from, uh, you know, in 2014, I moved down to Puerto Rico because we were actually investing in real estate mortgages at that point, mostly. Uh, okay. And so we moved down there for some of the tax benefits that Puerto Rico does offer. And while residing there in 2017, just hanging out with other people that were there for the same reason, we met people in the crypto space. And I think what kind of was very, was very interesting was one, the, uh, you know, the livelihood of everybody in the space, right? The vibrancy, the, yes. uh, the younger people, yep. the, uh, let's say even globally, right? The like openness, right? They share everything. Yep. And you meet everyone from everywhere across the world. Um, so I got interested and, you know, we started investing in um, this, the fall of 2017, uh, you know, probably as we were coming to the peak of that cycle. <laughs> yes. Right. I know. I started uh, my mining company that time. <laughs> <laughs> so look, that's why I always so tip for the you know listener here today is whenever you're always venturing into a different areas, always start start with a small amount of investment. Right. Yeah. I, I at least like to say for like at least a good six, maybe even 12 month period. Right. Because typically you're going to make your most amount of mistakes in this time period. Yes. So it's always best to start with a small amount. Uh, on the other side is. Also, I 
have never, you know, throughout my career being in real estate and so forth, I've never really been on the tech side or anything to do with technology, right? And as you kind of see all these companies uh, coming up these days with like Google, Facebook and everything, yeah. you know, it was just kind of interesting that, you know, in the blockchain sector, you kind of start participating here and maybe learn more. And also it's part of that learning process that I think gets you more excited. So that's what prompted, you know, the start there. Oh, that's interesting. So what was your first investment in crypto? Litecoin. Litecoin, not Bitcoin, <laughs> man. That's that's Litecoin. That, that's funny. So you were in Puerto Rico from 2014 to 2019. And I know Puerto Rico has become a crypto haven, right? Yep. A lot of crypto millionaires uh, moved there or had already moved there because they knew some that something's coming, right? So as you said, you started with Litecoin, but then if I remember correctly, you started underwriting new projects, right? So can you share the steps? I think there are five steps or the process you used to underwrite a token project, new project, and how you can make your first purchase. Yeah, I mean, at a high level, you know, something we typically may take obviously hours or days or weeks to, to do, right? Yes. <laughs> so it's hard to break down in five or 10 minutes, uh, but you know, I would say one thing is we it's similar across all asset classes, right? You want to go and look at the team that, you know, who is the founder, who's the manager, who's in charge. And so the first want, one, uh, sorry to interrupt. First one, the team has to be doxxed, right? That's what we call in crypto world. <laughs> yes, <laughs> They can't be anonymous. They have, you had, yeah. I, I personally, uh, in some aspect, like to be able to meet them in person at events. Oh, okay. Yeah, if or, you're making a significant amount of investment, yeah, you got to meet them. If you right, can. or or through our podcast, we also interview projects as a way to get yes. to understand what's happening, right? So you can definitely do a lot of this broad-based research online through the multiple different sources that are available out there, but just getting to know somebody and speaking to them directly is a lot more powerful. Yeah, okay. Um, so understanding that founder's background and what they've done in the past, right? You know, what experience do they have? Um, what do they bring to the table? What are they trying to execute? One of the most important things we like check off is also in this space is changing very fast, right? Do we think yes. this founder has the ability to be able to pivot when things need to be changed in the project yeah. or change based on regulation, or maybe they even got to move the project to a different jurisdiction, right? right. These are all... Right. Yeah. Or move to different chain, right? We have seen <laughs> from Terra to something else now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, the ability to pivot is uh, a key factor that we like to look at and underwrite. Um, we said interview the teams. We like the background and we want to have an understanding of what they're actually trying to execute from a project standpoint. And if they have the ability to execute it and we also think that project is going to find product market fit so that's probably from a high level of the team so that that's the team and how do you figure out um about the product market level right what kind of research would you have to do right someone not understanding let's say coming uh, you coming from real estate you may not know everything about <laughs> not that, not that i'm trying to stump you but even i don't coming from it world you know, people are building projects on all, all over, right? So Potcoin, right? I don't understand. I never had pot in my life. <laughs> Potcoin was definitely last cycle. So I, I yeah. think I had a little bit of Potcoin for a moment to try to trade myself. So. so so exactly. So I don't know. I never had pot in my life. I don't know what it's supposed to do. So how do you figure out the product market? 
That is that is a very good question. And I think a lot of it is, uh, you know, well, I definitely utilize some different resources that, you know, maybe more technical savvy. Uh, I do have a good friend that I can run projects by. Um, you know, the difference between four and five years ago was, I think, four and five years ago, you know, in 2017, 18, it was really just white papers and pipe dreams, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> My God. And, and a lack of infrastructure. So it was kind of like you didn't even know what was maybe possible or what was yeah. going to come out of it. Um, so now we're starting to lay that infrastructure with a lot of these protocols. I think, you know, and with the last year or two with DeFi and so forth, we can start to see what may start to work. And then also what's coming down the pipe uh, with regulations and what may be needed in the marketplace. Yeah, of course, uh, right now, the way I look at it, even though the market is volatile, Bitcoin is down today at 29 grand the risk has reduced, right? The way we were, you and I were investing back in 2017 and 2018, even at Bitcoin at 4,000 or 20,000, it was in between that. Uh, the risk was so much high because no one knew about it. As, as you said, the white papers and whatnot and the jurisdiction regulations, no one was had any clue. Now, at least the countries are coming out and saying that at, like US, they said that, oh, we are going to tax you. Right. What that means is they accept that this thing is here to stay. And why would you kill a cash cow, right? For them. <laughs> Correct. And Biden put it in his uh, executive order recently on yeah. uh, you know everyone coming together to, to put together the regulations from yes. the different areas, right? Yeah. And California state government as well said that uh, you know we will start focusing on cryptos, right? We'll, so that is always uh, you know at least slowly they're accepting, right? So what else do you do after you figure out the team product fit? Is there anything else you do? Well, we definitely like to look at how they're going to maybe allocate the tokens, right? I mean, this, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, different opinions here, right? And how that should be done. But I think what we've seen over the last year or two is where, you know, certain tokens hit the market and maybe only five or 10% of that circulating supply. And so there's a high, fully diluted value, right? Right. And we definitely don't like this because they use the tokens for incentives, right? And that's typically going to drive down the price even more, create like an inflation type of situation. Wow. So when a project is creating uh, their allocation, they're typically going to create that initial allocation of where it's going to go, how many tokens are going to be allocated to the team, to the marketing budget, to the initial sales. Um, also for rewards as they move forward, we like to have an understanding there. So we like don't like to have we like to have a higher percent of circulating supply. So you prefer higher percentage of circulating supply, in, oh, in and and also understand and also understand who else is behind that deal, right? It's very important to understand the type of VCs that are behind that deal and who also is leading that project to let that certain flow or certain lockups, you know, occur on the market when that happens. I see. So. You, of course, want to see who is behind, but also the circulating supply. And do you look at the market cap? Do you want to be in between certain number, the market cap of the coin? I would definitely say yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> what, what is that number? <laughs> uh, I guess that, that's highly subjective, you know, depending on the stage of the project, right? But I mean, and depending on the sector, uh, you know, definitely under 100 million, right? 100 if it's a newer project, yeah, if it's a yeah. newer project, yeah. so... Yeah, of course, then you are getting in early. And you have yeah. <laughs> so also um, some projects burn their tokens, some projects don't. And, and of course, the, the, as you said, the both sides have their own argument. What do you prefer and why? 
uh, I, I think, you know, we definitely probably would prefer the burn, but I also think that the market as a whole is still trying to figure out what the best token uh, model is, right? I don't think everyone's had quite figured that out yet. And that's obviously why we're trying all these different mechanisms to see what occurs. Um, but that would probably be my high, you know, high level. And um, how do you figure out that, um, you know, once you have identified the team, once you know the product market fit, once you know the, you know, how they are going to allocate the tokens, what are the, what is the next step? And, uh, and then how do you figure out the risk? Yeah. <laughs> so how do you, uh, you know, well, if we're talking more on the early stage, right, you know, you're just going to typically have, you're going to have caps of what you're going to allocate to certain stages, right? And, you know, angels, you're probably going to usually run at 25 to $100,000 allocation, right? VCs, you're going to run anywhere from a hundred thousand, uh, you know, and up to a couple yeah. million, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, it just really, I guess it kind of depends on your own portfolio, but you know, the, you never typically have more than a couple percent, maybe 1% of your crypto allocation in these early stage startups. And then, yeah, uh, I agree with that. And that that's what I tell everyone that don't invest more than you can lose, right? If you invest in something and you can't sleep, then you invested way more than you should have. So definitely look at your own portfolio. But after all of this is figured out, how do you do you directly work with the team in figuring out you know your allocation or do you negotiate as well? Yeah, so a lot, uh, I guess we kind of switched some of our model a little bit to where maybe like 18, we're trying to go after more of the early stage projects. Now we have more of a, um, approach of buying from the public, we'll call it the public markets, right? And buying projects that are already existing at better times. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> uh, we do. So probably right now we have about a 70, 80% allocation to a liquid tokens existing. And then we allocate to multiple venture funds that cover all the different areas that we're not covering. Oh, I see. So right now your focus is more on the public uh, tokens yep. or, or maybe late stage. I think it's it's similar to what I have been doing, not on the crypto side, but on the startup side, before I started investing in early stage companies. Now, mostly I invest in late stage <laughs> where I know that they will go public or they'll get acquired in a year or so, right? I want to make sure that I can get out <laughs> as soon as possible. Well, I think there's just a lot more, you know, in this space since it's still early, there's, you know, you can start, tracking like developer activity right yes. understanding which projects are attracting the most developers and where the fundraising is going and the users between those three things that should give you a high level of some of the better positions you should be adding to your portfolio and what are some of the resources you use to track all this uh you know for funding um uh, you got crunchbase and you got Dub metrics, right? Dub metrics tracks all the new startups that are getting funding. So you kind of get an idea in the space, what is happening, what type of valuations, where they're at. And you can look at some comparables that way. Um, what, what, what do we want to add on to there? Um, so you mentioned the developer side as well as how the tokens is moving. Uh, okay, so moving. some of the developer site, right? So Electric, I believe it's Electric Capital, right? Annually comes out with their developer report. That's one way. I believe Santiment. Uh, tracks is, some, yes. some of the developer activity for different projects. That's the best way to start. 
otherwise you also can there's some other i think it's like miso or something like that but you yes. can crypto miso yes. crypt, right and you could also go to uh, the GitHub and track GitHub activities. GitHub is great, yes. Track activity <laughs> there. And, you know, you go through these different resources, you'll start to learn quickly what is happening. And then again, you go to that, those funding rounds, see what's, go to the Discord accounts, go to the Twitter accounts and see what the announcements are coming from those projects in regards to rounds that they're raising. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Hey, I want to talk to you about Puerto Rico one more yeah, because because uh, I know you mentioned in your bio and uh, how can someone generate tax free gains with digital assets, right? How good, do you good question? How do you combine this? <laughs> awesome. So obviously, as U.S. resident, probably the two best strategies that exist out there. Most people are familiar with their retirement account, right? Yes, four hundred one k IRA. <laughs> so your retirement account, because crypto is considered property, the buying and selling of crypto is going to be considered capital gains. And therefore, it's tax-free, right? And also, if you're participating in any of the existing yield providers out there and you're getting an interest income statement, that's going to be tax-free in your retirement account also. After that, if you want to make the move to Puerto Rico, right, they have what's known as you can file for a tax degree that gives you the benefits of 0% capital gains on your crypto. And that is typically from the day after you move there. Okay, and so you have to become a full resident. It's not this, you know, you could play back and forth and yeah, you know, count this and that. You actually have to move there, have your family there, whatever it may be, your driver's license, you know, everything, your doctor, whatever, and be a full-time resident. That's what I was trying to figure out if I can do it from here. <laughs> yeah, that's the first, everyone starts to question. Oh, well, you know, if I this, if I this or this, you know, yeah. they track me all this, listen, everything's digital today. Yes, you it's very easy to Don't cheat the system. No. You either do it or you don't. Yeah, that's, yeah, but I, I like the idea of owning crypto in IRA. So my uh, traditional IRA, I own a lot of cryptos and I use my Roth IRA, which I built it last year and invested in my Bitcoin mining fund. Yeah. So it's just going to be tax-free forever. So I, I, can't, I can't wait. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. I also invest with uh, the IRA accounts into the space myself. Oh, that's great, man. Hey, so let's talk about the crypto market right now. What's happening, man? It's in a bear market. What do you suggest for us to do, right? Of course, you are watching the market more than I do. <laughs> well, I'm actually trying to watch it less in the last few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so this is actually the time. Well, one aspect is this is the time to be a builder, right? Even if you're an investor, right? Like myself, we're, you know, in the process, just building out infrastructure, you know, for raising capital, you know, working on our models and understanding, you know, improving those processes that you're going to do due diligence, right? This is the best time to be building, right? So as an investor, you're building out your processes, or if you're a project, you're building out your project, right? Yeah. Now, from a deploying capital standpoint, I mean, no one can ever guess or gauge the tops or bottoms, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't, right? Yeah, I lost my crystal ball, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we could always ask Peter Schiff where Bitcoin is going, but you know yeah, what he'll Ray say. Dalio, they, they are really smart people. <laughs> Peter will say zero, Ray will say people are, it's going up, right? So we yeah. don't really know. Um, yeah. But take this time. I mean, like, this is a great time to always, in all liquid markets, and at, at, you know, it's the dollar cost average, right? Yes, DC. Take the, take the time, do your due diligence, get confident in your positions, uh, allocate appropriately, and just dollar cost average, right? I mean, when yeah. people are getting this scared, 
historically, doesn't mean every time, but historically, if you buy in these periods, five years out from now, it's going to be way higher. Right. Right. I mean, exactly. historically, right? Exactly. So I think you take that approach. And I always like to say the problem people will actually end up having is they're going to look back and wish they would have had a lot more money invested. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I still look back at, and I keep telling every March of 2020, right? I knew that I wanted to invest in Bitcoin. I was waiting for it to go to six grand and it goes to four grand and I got cold feet because I thought I'm, I need to, <laughs> I had a real estate deal at the same time, which by the way, did not go through. We had to back out of escrow after six months. So I had this hundred grand sitting there. I didn't invest and a couple of my friends invested. They bought at four grand because I asked them to. They sold them uh, those Bitcoin at 60 grand in a nice. year right and made like 400 500 grand out of it and i had 100 grand sitting there and i couldn't do it so so that's what happens right then i look back and i complain i should have done it I, yeah this so is I, you know just a lot yeah when you believe in something and you have a lot of confidence you definitely want to go all in i mean if that's one thing i look back like 10 years ago when we we're buying distressed uh real estate or right, notes, notes right yes. like i look back now it's like shit man like if i could that just raise <laughs> a lot more money and acquire a lot more stuff and i just went to the beach yep. for 10 years and came back similar here yeah, you know you spend your time to figure out how to build you wouldn't your have to do anything right <laughs> yeah so you know take the time find capital make new acquisitions and then I don't want to say go to the beach and not pay attention, but right. go to the beach and pay not pay attention and kind of you know relax a little bit and let day it to day stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, which coins are you looking at after this? Uh, and I think, of course, uh, we were supposed to see a bear market in stocks yep. to cryptos or real estate. I think it was uh, way too frothy, all of it, right? But the UST and Terra Luna fiasco made it even worse. So which coins do you think or are you focused on right now after this fiasco of Terra and USD? And all of our stuff is just our opinions, no financial advice, right? Right, nope. <laughs> uh, the disclaimer is right there. <laughs> um, you know, I'm looking at it like this. I am looking at mostly allocating to Bitcoin and Ethereum. Probably this is just a rough time frame because every it's going to change every month. But let's yeah. say for the next three to six months, right? I think over time, the layer ones, will sell off here and consolidate and find a bottom. Yes. And it, then it'll be a great time to then start moving into those layer ones. And then, you know, at some period, three, six months later after that, I'd probably look to maybe go a little bit more outside the risk curve. So Bitcoin, Ethereum, then probably like Solana, okay. AVAX, Polygon, yeah. you know, maybe Monia. Algorand. I'd probably go there. And then after that, I would kind of, you know, understand where the market, you know, measure where the market's going to go outside the risk curve. I mean, I definitely think there's going to be a big boom in the gaming aspect in metaverse. Yes. It's just hard to take a position right now. I wait, I'm personally waiting longer. Yeah, no, I have uh, Mana, uh, Decentraland and XS were some of my favorite and they got clobbered. So I'm, I'm waiting <laughs> But I did make some as well. <laughs> uh, hey, look, everyone's... Uh, you yeah, know, you win some, you lose some, right? <laughs> you just win, always win more than you lose, right? Yeah, that's the that's the key. Man. That's the key. This is liquid venture. Yep. No, this is awesome. Thank you so much. Let's take a quick break. And after the break, we'll go through the same questions I ask every guest. You're listening to the Wealth Matters Podcast. The Wealth Matters Podcast. 
Matters. For more info about what we do, check us out at wealthmatters.com. It's wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H, matters, M-A-T-R-S, dot com. Welcome back to Wealth Matters Podcast. Joe here shared a lot of golden nuggets. I thoroughly enjoyed the episode. So thank you, Joe. Are you ready for fire round? I'm ready. I'll do my best. <laughs> yeah. Would you be changing any business or investment strategy after this pandemic is over? I would say not really. I would say I'm looking to invest in whatever looks like the most oversold area. And that's how I would approach us. Favorite real estate or crypto related book? Good Lord. I'm not, I'm not a book person. I would definitely <laughs> have, I would, I'm not going to lie. I would have to say, you know, YouTube, um, YouTube, I would, I would have to go to YouTube for that. Um, for any advice there. Awesome. Any tool or website you recommend or you cannot live without? Definitely YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Any advice for beginner investors? I would say, you know, from my experience is definitely, uh, you know, a, a, a somewhat diversified portfolio. So your risk is not all in one basket, right? Two, don't lever up to put this, you know, view that you may get rich quick, right? Don't lever up. You know, this is a, a, a long-term game, right? And so- being that you're going to be doing this for a long time, last, enjoy the journey. Oh, that's the key. I think the enjoying the journey is the key, right? Once we reach that milestone, we don't, uh, we are like, okay, we are done, but you got to make sure you enjoy the journey. How do you give back? Well, I'm definitely always busy working. So I, I, I don't do too much, but in the, so the, what I do do is probably couple people I occasionally work with from like a mentor standpoint, just help them do some real estate deals and so forth from my experience. That's awesome. How can my listeners reach out to you? Uh, for everybody listening who would like to maybe subscribe to our digital asset newsletter that goes out every week, you could go to joerobert.com, subscribe there. We also put our podcasts in there that where we interview these projects that you could, you know, may have an interest in investing in. And if you'd like to get a hold of me also from an investment standpoint, you know, go to robertventures.com and you can fill out the form there and book a call with me if you're a credit investor. Thank you so much, Joe, for your time, man. I had fun. I appreciate it. This was a great episode. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Matters podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can enjoy the show too. Have a great week and happy investing.